Hey now, hey now, ladies and gentlemen. This is Christian Hanahara. I don't need my glasses. I don't need them right now. You're listening to an all new You Need a Hara podcast. And um, I've got, of course, with me, as always, Nicholas. Nicholas, how are you doing over there in Halloween Rob Zombie land? <laughs> you know, it's only two Rob Zombie posters, but. Uh... You know, uh, I actually feel like a dumbass now because I have a 1990 It shirt and an It 2017 t-shirt, and I didn't wear either one. I see you over there wearing a shirt, and I'm like, shit, I probably should have done that. I'm wearing Pet Cemetery instead, but I'm good, man. How you Stephen doing? Stephen King. It's Stephen King. Yeah, it's Stephen King, so there we go. I'll take it. I'm doing good, man. Well, good to have you, Nick, as always. And uh, if you guys saw my interview I did with Tabato Vision, I had to bring Brandon on. Brandon. What we got going on behind you, man? I see some Mardi Gras lights. I see a face. What this is, is that more face? On, this is, is more face makeshift right background, man. That is a Tots Halloween 3 Witch that I repainted to be that beige color, sort of like the 80s masks. And uh, it looks pretty good. Do me do me a favor. Go go grab that thing. Go, go right. grab that thing for me. He said he painted it, Nick. <laughs> I, saw, I saw that thing creeping in the background. I, knew I thought that, that was... was the- I thought that was the brute, the the brute from part five. Didn't it look like the brute for a second from part five? Yeah, yeah, I could see it, but I, I it, that damn witch man, it's a different Brandon. color. That's why, yeah. Brandon, look at that thing. How'd you the, paint that? I just uh, stripped it, painted it with acrylic mixed with latex, and uh, here we are. It's not too bad. It's pretty good, dude. That is badass. We made the uh, the custom hood for it too. Custom hood. Yeah. Is that like a real black kind of oh, color? Yeah. Yeah, it's like a black cotton we got from Walmart, and we just stitched it together. No kidding. Velcro, and yeah. Look at that thing, Nick. Jesus nice. Christ. Uh, yeah, is, yeah. That is, so so remind sick, me, Brandon, man. you said in the 80s, when, when Don Post put those out, they actually did more of a witch, an actual witch kind of tone on it, is what you're saying? Yeah, I'm not really sure if it was... Um, if it was Don Post or for somebody else, but somebody made a beige version of the Hagatha mask. Where the fuck's the camera? There it is. And I'm not sure if it was a ripoff or if it was from Don Post, but I saw a couple of pictures and I'm like, that's awesome. So I try to make a, a variant of it. Man, Looks that's cool. cool. You're going to get somebody hitting you up wanting to buy one of those suckers now. I'm hoping. It's uh, pretty fun. I'm going to try to put it back on this damn thing. I'm just going <laughs> to throw it there because I think it will tip over. What, what kind of colors we got back there? We got Mardi Gras colors and everything. You know, I'm a New Orleans native. They actually look like Mardi Gras colors on here. It's orange, purple, and uh, green. So they're Halloween lights, but they totally look like fucking Mardi Gras lights. I love they? it. That's hilarious. <laughs> it's Mardi Gras. <laughs> oh, man. Well, hey, dude. I'm glad to have you on the You Need a Horror podcast. This is, this is, I wanted you to be on the show, but I figured when I told Nick this is what I wanted to do for the episode, we've got to have a third person, okay? Because... Mm-hmm. Whether me and Nick agree on th- this package thing I have set up at the end of the day mm-hmm. or not, it's either going to be agree and there's not going to be any controversy, or we're going to disagree and there won't be a settlement. A settlement. There's going to be, be there's going to be controversy. I know. So there I will. need a third person for this. So this is why I brought you here. Okay? okay, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. We will decide at the end of this video <laughs> which it is the best oh jesus christ okay i'm ready are you, are you ready the unwinnable debate i'm ready let's now do listen it. i told this is the way I, I i need to start doing this with nick but every time i have guests on, mm-hmm. come on the show i don't want you to know a damn thing because i don't want you thinking about it. i don't want you pre-planning what are you what talking about 
I still don't know a damn thing. He doesn't tell me how these things are structured. Don't let did him I lie not, to you. <laughs> no. Did I not mention anything? No. Okay, yeah. no planning. I love it. I love this it. This is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. I want to talk about these two movies. There are okay. two parts. Then I have categories. Three categories, three people. There will be a definitive winner at the end of this show. Okay. okay. And I'm going to have to premiere that. I've premiered the last two episodes. People seem to be digging that. I will premiere this because there has to be a winner. But we're going to get started. Brandon, I'll give you a second to collect yourself now because this is, I'm just throwing this at you. Nick, talk to me. 1990s It Part One. When is the first time you see or hear about this clown? All right, first of all, just really quick, Brandon, Halloween 5 is an art film, uh, and I love Halloween 5, and I'm not ashamed. Uh, so shout out to that video. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so this was actually shown to me by my mom. I mean, I think anytime we've done a, like a retrospective on this podcast, it always starts with me going like, well, you know, my mother that did not shelter us from anything decided to show this to me as a small child. Well, uh, here we are again. That's what happened here. Watched it on TV, actually. Um, it's fitting because it's a mini series, and you can you can definitely tell. Um, and dude, now scared the crap out of me. Uh, I was probably I want to say I remember what house I was living in, and the house I lived in when I lived there was second grade, so I was like seven or eight. Uh, and no, nah, man. Uh, my older brother after like we watched it because we like all watched it as a family. My older brother thought it would be funny to like. He started doing stuff when we would be in like in the bathtub or something. He'd like be outside the bathroom door, like, you know, essentially channeling Pennywise from the shower scene um, where he comes up through the drain. Um, he would like harass us with that. Uh, and it made me scared of like the shower and the bathtub. Uh, so, yeah, I'd say like second grade, I'd say eight years old, showed to me by my mom and uh, pure nightmare fuel, man, pure nightmare fuel. Now, were you aware that this was a television movie? Did that did that term not even exist no. in your life yet? No, no. I just thought it was a movie. I just thought it was a really long movie. But um, I, what I meant by you can tell is like when I was a kid, I did remember like, wow, these commercial breaks are really lining up. Well, why is this movie like, oh, let's fade out of this scene. Now let's fade into this scene. It's like and now as an adult, I'm like, well, yeah, no shit. It's a t made for TV movie. But uh, no, I did not know that as a kid. I just thought it was a big ass movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, any any over any standout po parts from uh, part one of the 1990 TV movie? Do you like? Hold on, Brandon. Do you like the term miniseries, or do you call it a movie? What do you call this thing, Brandon? You call it a movie, right? It's a movie. I call it a movie, but miniseries, take it or leave it. It's um, eh, doesn't really matter to me. I, mean, I call it a movie, parts, but if it's two parts, is that a? It's, I mean, if a, a series is a series, I mean, a series means it's going to take you a while to get through this thing. Right. right. They, they premiered this one in two days or something originally on TV. Yeah, like a two night event. Yeah. I mean, it's it's sort of like a Hatfield and McCoy thing. It's like that was like, what, three episodes? Something. It's like a movie. That. It's yeah. it's a movie. Whatever. All right. So next, any standout moments from the part one of the It miniseries? Uh, the, if I'm, I have not watched this in years, but if I'm remembering correctly, definitely the the shower scene. Um, with Eddie Spaghetti now, were we talking Eddie about? Eddie Spaghetti, yeah, with Eddie Spaghetti, where he just fucking like pulls the floor apart and comes all it's the way up out of there in beautiful stop motion. Oh, yes, man, oh, it's it, like yeah. stop motion. And then also the scene with Richie, um, when he's the werewolf, 
Uh, that shit creeped me out as a kid. Classic. Too. Classic. Yeah. And, Those and, two and, scenes. And fan of the cast. The cast of part one. The kids. J- Br- Jonathan They're Brandon. great. They're great. Yeah, yeah that's uh, we'll we'll get into it later on. But uh, the the first half of this, I think, is particularly strong. And that is mainly due to the kid actors, their camaraderie and just their ability to act. So, yeah. All right, Brandon, take me back to 19. Um, you had to be that you had to have been a young lad when this came out, when you saw it. Not as young as you'd think. Um, it was one of those movies that I didn't see. At my birth, like I've been watching horror movies since I was literally two years old, and that's not even an exaggeration. It was one of those movies that I always saw on, on like VHS shelves, but I didn't see it until I was probably eight years old uh, when we finally rented it from a place called Videoland. Um, and it was a two VHS tape rental. And I remember getting home and watching it, putting in the VCR. And for some reason, I watched the second tape first. So I was what? really confused. I had no idea. I just, I don't know. I have no idea why. And um, by the time I even figured it out, I had already watched pretty much 90% of the second tape. It took me a day or two because I was, it was what, eight, eight years old. So I was just like, what the hell is going on? I loved it, but I was also fucking really fucking confused about it. You too. didn't know what the hell was going on. You watched part two no. first. So, um, but yeah, I remember being really fucking freaky. Even at eight years old, I was like, this, there's something really messed up here. I touched about this in a video I made about it previously. There was, um, as a kid, you don't really know what it is, but there's something like child molestery about Tim Curry's performance. And it's like, he is like, he's the epiphany of what, when you're a kid, your parents say, stay away from strangers. He seemed like what the nightmare of a stranger was. If that makes any fucking sense. Yeah. Forget, forget him trying to eat you. You literally just think this dude's going to try to like diddle me, but no, no, it's worse. He actually wants to eat you, but yeah, yeah. that is the poster child for don't go near that, but he plays it. He plays it like he wants to touch you. And I want to talk about that because I've got so many, I am a connoisseur of the 1990 miniseries. Oh, it's so good. Brandon, tell me about this video land. Let's talk about this mom and pop video store. Walk me through this store. Right, it now. was the greatest video rental store on the planet. And I'm in my small little pond of Brevard County here in Florida. We had blockbusters. We had movie galleries. We I think we had one Hollywood video. But Video Land was the cheap VHS rental place. Like you could go there, and every movie rental was a dollar as long as you returned it the next day. And if you didn't return it the next day, it was like a fifty cent late fee. Not a big deal. And um. It was a pretty small little place. It was in like a plaza. It's almost like from a fucking Goosebumps episode. Little shady little plaza. Small, dusty-ass video store. You walked in, there was racks of VHS tapes everywhere. It wasn't very organized. It wasn't really very clean. The lady who ran the store was really nice, but the horror section was huge. It dwarfed probably every every other section. There was a really weird kid section in the middle. There was literally the... um typical like back door area where all the pornography is that was there red velvet carpet um, drapes it was just a door but there was a curtain back there somewhere i think but it was they always it was, have a curtain it was it was Why so right there i remember asking my mom what is back there and she's like it's not for you honey so um yeah it was it was i need to make a movie about this place because it was like the legitimate what you picture a 90s video rental store was this fucking place and now when you look back brandon you got to appreciate these kinds of places even more because they had to do something to get you to shop there instead of blockbuster so you talk about a dollar rental i mean the incentive it's like 
the incentive of that is every time you go to drop off a video, Nick, you remember when you go to drop off a video, what do you do? You get another video. Mm-hmm. So it could be constant influx of just people coming in and in and out of it. Was that, was, is that what happened with y'all back in the day too? Was it, were you in and out of this place a lot back in the day? Oh yeah. If it wasn't video games, it was VHS tapes. Um, they had everything and everything was a dollar. Even new rentals, I think was, I think they were, those were a dollar too. The few they had. But yeah, every time we we turned it back in, we got more because we were all cinephiles. Even my mom, as far back as I can remember, we always had movies playing on the VCR. Really? So that, that place was something special. Nick, you had a, what was your mom and pop video store? Do you remember what it was called? I'm sure you had one in, in the good old well, state it, of Ohio. It, it wasn't so much. Um, mo- it, was, it was smaller than your blockbusters and your Hollywood videos. I mean, we did have those, but there was a place called Movie Gallery. Um that was very specific, I believe, more to the tri-state area of where I live in. But I, it has enough name recognition where people know of it. We had um, one. Yeah. So it's not. Yeah, here too. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, not. It was it a was lot never, cooler. Yeah. Yes. It was never as big as your, your massive, your big chains. But and it had that kind of small feel to it, like mm-hmm. a family video as well. I don't know if you guys are familiar with family video, but we also had a place called family video. Um and yeah, I mean, the way you describe it is pretty much the same. It was, uh, at least when I can remember, rentals were like a dollar. Um, and they had the uh, the red velvet uh, curtains for the adult room. Uh, they also always had an employee standing back there, like just by the, like uh, along the wall there to make sure nobody went in. No, it was always no so funny. No kids went in. Yeah. yeah, to make sure no kids went in. Uh, yeah, it was very, very similar. And it was like... Uh, I remember I used to do lawn work and stuff when I was a kid around my neighborhood so I could have my own money because my mom, you know, never shelled out money for us. Um, So we would go return movies that we had rented as a family. And I would be like, rather than sometimes my mom would just want to drop them in the drop box and be done. Okay, we're going home. I'd be like, no, I got three bucks. Like we're going in and we're just exchanging them for two or three new movies. So, yeah, yeah. Very, very, uh, very similar. upbringing there when it came to that i i mean i was we i don't know how many movies that i didn't return there that we ended my mom ended up having to like pay full price for so yeah now this is how movie gallery was for me when i moved up here where i'm at now this was 2005 so video stores were still the number one thing under the sun right if Blockbuster didn't have it, if it was a new release or whatever if Blockbuster didn't have this movie cuz everybody had already rented it out we go to movie gallery that that was mm-hmm. the way it worked yep. <laughs> you go to movie gallery i'll never forget paranormal activity this was the this was the breath before netflix started taking over this was 2009 right i will never forget me my my singer from my band now we wanted to watch paranormal activity and we would go to blockbuster the whole row right gone there was like 20 things of it gone. We went to movie gallery. Sure enough, guys, we were like, hey, do you guys have paranormal activity? Yeah, we got a ton of them. So it was like, dude, Blockbuster became so powerful. Like it, it was embarrassing. Like people, you wouldn't, you didn't want to be seen at movie gallery. It was like, it was like belittling to be there. I never understood. It I never understood it either because Blockbuster was always more expensive than all those other chains. So it's like these. It was these so chains, expensive. Yeah. These chains yeah. are there. It's cheaper. They have more there because obviously there's not as high of traffic and it's right. the same movie. Like what, what, what's the point of going to Blockbuster? Oh, is it just the name recognition? Okay. That's great. But you're paying a lot more money. I remember, I don't know if you guys remember sometimes when you would rent a new movie from Blockbuster, 
what, seven, eight bucks, something like that to rent a new movie for three nights or something like that. You're paying like 10 bucks for three nights. I'm like, compared yeah. to movie gallery and stuff like, nah, that's not worth it. Yep. Yeah, because right, so, Movie Gallery had like the five night rental. I remember towards the end of yep. their run, five night rental, three yeah. bucks for five nights or something like that. Blockbuster wanted out, but Movie Gallery is cool while it lasted. Now, Brandon, remind me again because I I completely went off the rails with this already. You you finally decide to watch part one after seeing part two. How long was it after seeing part two? You were like, wait a minute, what the hell did I just do? I've got to see part one. When did you see part one? Oh, as far as the tape, when I switched the tapes, when you switched the tapes, I watched the first, I watched the second tape completely. And then I went to tape one and then I started to realize, oh, what the hell? Because I said at eight years old, didn't really know what was going on. So I had watched completely the the finishing of the movie, basically. And then went back to part one. I was, I did not understand what the hell was happening at all. It took me a few, uh, a few more times over the years to really Penny. grasp it. Yeah. Did Pennywise ruin you? Did he just absolutely just get into your skin um a little bit yeah it was he was pretty frightening like i said the stranger thing not as extreme as it would have been if if i had seen it at like four or five like a lot of people did a lot right. of kids did. Cause i remember kids in school in elementary school talking about it and um and the clown and stuff like that and uh but uh yeah there was some really fucked up about tim curry's performance um and it really it's too real it, man I don't want. I keep using the word scary and frightening. I think uncomfortable is the the more correct word. Like he really makes you uncomfortable. Like I don't want to go near that fucking guy. You know what I mean? Right, right, um, right. Do you have any standout moments from part one that you remember? Standout moments. Um, and this is gonna be this is gonna sound kind of hilarious, but the, the standout moment for the miniseries as a whole is always that scene in the are they in the library? Where they open the fridge and and dude's heads in there and he's two, like, that's two. That's hey, part oh, two. Oh, and his head's moving against the cardboard and shit. And I'm that's, like, that's part two now. Okay, yeah, yeah. I literally just finished watching part two. So before that's I tape. Came in here. That's tape that's, two. So that would have been that's yeah. Your so mind's was, backwards, dog. You can, I understand now. <laughs> that was the first <laughs> tape. It's the first tape I saw. So from You're the right. first tape, then I guess the scene where he's uh, Pennywise is he's uh, standing in the grave. That's part one, right? Part two. That's part, part two. two. Damn it. So I've been absorbed by part two of the, of the miniseries. You know what this reminds me of, Brandon? What's that? Alien is my sequel. I saw Aliens first. Mm -hmm. Alien is my part two. I've always felt it that way. I know it's not that way, obviously, but Alien has always been my sequel because I saw Aliens first and I can never see it. I love both of them, but I can never see it the right way. I always see it the back backwards because of that, you know? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw Aliens first as well. But as far as it goes, since I watched the first tape first, or the second tape first, God damn it, I'm going to fuck myself up in this all night. Um, I think it's the one that's in my brain more than the first. Last 10 years or so since DVD and Blu-ray, I just watch it all in the full three, three four-hour version. So Yeah. Whatever part those scenes are from, the, the library scene and the, where he's in the graveyard, those are the two standout scenes from the It miniseries as a whole. Cool, cool. And we'll touch on that more. I remember, same story as Brandon's kind of. My grandma took us, we called it down the road, okay? So from Chalmette to go to Violet, Louisiana is down the road, almost to what they call the end of the world, because literally it was the end of Louisiana. It was the droplet pieces of land at the boot, the, the, the toe part of Louisiana. I was below New Orleans. I was down there, right? So we went down the road to this mom and pop video store. For the life of me, I couldn't tell you the name of it. 
And I'll never forget my grandma is a Stephen King and Dean Koontz. She has read everything from Stephen. If Stephen wrote it, she read it. She loves Stephen King, loves Dean Koontz. She loves books. She loves horror novels. Uh, you, you name it. She, she got me into horror, really. I mean, she's the one to put the bug in me to make me aware of the genre. So I remember we went to this little VHS store. I'll never forget as long. I had this conversation with her yesterday, a day before yesterday. I'll never forget her taking me there and her grabbing that double VHS pack. And I remember just looking at the thing creep me out, that little hand coming out that sewer. You know, I, that's the best cover art for that movie, hands mm-hmm. down. That little green hand coming up that sewer. And I was like, what the hell is that? Because a sewer is so primal. Something about a sewer that is uncharted territory. Nobody goes down in a sewer. So you don't really know what the hell's down there, Nick, do you? You just have no idea. There's something uh, very. Speak, uh, speak for yourself. You've been in a sewer? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm kidding, but yes, I actually have. I tell you, man, a funny story. They used to put the fear of God. In. I just watched Alligator the other day too, so it's kind of it kind of reminds me of this. As a kid, growing up in New Orleans too, my grandpa used to always say, "Don't put your hand." Because we in New Orleans, they had the sewers just like in the movie, where the sewers were under the ground and they had the lip where you could reach down there and you could see. My grandpa always used to say, "Don't put your hand down there, Bubba, because they got alligators down there. People flush the little ones down the toilet." You that used to scare the hell out of me. But after it. Till this very day, I'll tell you what, they have that same kind of sewer on my street right here where I go running at night. To this very day, I either I always have to go to the left of it. Where the where here's the here's the opening right here. I always have to go on the backside. Just out of fear. Because I'm always afraid he's gonna grab me. But I'll never forget we watched this tape, part one, not like Brandon watching part two <laughs> for the first time. I watched part one. I've never been so terrified in my life. To this very day, Tim Curry's Pennywise scares the shit out of me. He really does. It's too real. It's something way too real about Tim Curry. They put up, they put the guy in a costume, and Tommy Lee Wallace said, action. That is it. With the exception of some stuff that they did. Stop motion. Beautiful stuff. That's just a man acting. He's Hmm. way too good. There's only ever going to be one Tim Curry. And I'm not saying that in reference to the other Pennywise because we're going to talk about that. I think Nick's going to be surprised. Nick probably thinks I'm going to trash these new Pennywise films. I think he thinks I'm going to trash. He has no idea what I'm going to say. He has no idea. I don't know what Brandon's going to say. But I'll say this. That performance is one of the best horror performances I've ever seen in my life. When I first saw that curtain blowing with the laundry out in the front, and you see him like that for a split second. I'll never forget as a kid, I wanted to bury myself in the couch. I wanted to bury myself. Never scared me so much in my life. But part one is embedded. It's in my blood. I've watched it literally. This is my wife. Let me know if you, I think I've told Nick this. Tell me guys if this makes sense to you. My way of dealing with fear in a movie like this is constantly watching it. I have to keep watching it because at least for that hour, Nick, he's in the TV and not behind me. Like, that's how I justify it. Yeah. The funny thing is, too, with that type of, along those same lines, a way to, uh, it's a way to also desensitize yourself to it. Like, a way to make yourself not scared of something anymore is to watch it 
over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. So you can get so used to it that it doesn't scare you anymore. That's what I did with the ring. When I was a kid, I would watch the ring over and over again because I was terrified of that movie and eventually got to a point where the still to this day, the there, there is one part in the ring that will always scare me. And is when you see Samara's face for the first time at the very end, that shit like lived in my, it just lives in my brain. It'll never go away, but that, yeah, no, you have to, it's, you're reminding yourself you got to keep watching it because you're like it's just a movie like this dude's here you know he's not coming out of my sewer i'm watching him in the movie right now he's preoccupied he can't get me right now so yeah these weird things that with these mental gymnastics we do is you know when we're younger and terrified of something i I completely understand yeah i mean brandon were you the same way growing up did you have to physically just make yourself rewatch something that scares you um, it was more like that for like movies like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Trilogy of Terror, stuff like that. That stuff really got under my skin because I saw it so young. And I did watch those things a lot to try and 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 fight that 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 feeling. But I have to admit, even to this day, it didn't really work because those movies still give me the creeps, even though I know everything about them, how they were made, uh, the people involved. Some movies, I, I think, how they affect you when you first see them. Some movies are so ingrained that you can't get rid of that feeling no matter how many times you try to face reality. I know for a lot of people, Tim Curry's performance in It, like we said, he's, he's realistic. That's, what, that's what's partly so scary. But um, he, I think one of the reasons he is so incredibly frightening for a lot of people is because, like we said about the strangers and stuff, but he seems like a person that could actually exist. Reptilian, alien aside, he seems like somebody yeah. who could come out of the sewer and take you from your bed and do I was gonna say until the spider until the spider like <laughs> leading up to the spider you're like this which i still real. love but listen yeah i want to talk about part two i have a lot to say about part two and nick i would never ever disparage personal text messages between us but i remember something you texted me and i will know if you're not being honest when we get to part two damn it i will know wait which part two Good. This part two we're about to okay. get to. A miniseries part two. But hold okay. on. I want to say something. The creepiest moment of part one for me is when Georgie loses the boat and Pennywise is talking to him. That white contrast is already so freaky seeing him under there. But right when Pennywise, asks, when he asks Pennywise, do they float? And he says, they float, Georgie. Oh, yes. His lip is quivering it's yep. very subtle but it is hair raising because that's what, that well that's what i'm talking about with that sexualism that weird molestation vibe mm-hmm. that's what freaked me out because if it was way it, it's not cinematic it really isn't it's real it's way too real if it would have been like a teeth thing like sharp teeth when he said it or his hands would have come up cinematic but that lip quivering tim curry is disgustingly good in this movie you should never be this good at a perform nobody should ever be this good there will never be another human like tim curry on this planet i promise you and it's brilliant that they didn't do the same thing for the remake we'll get there it's brilliant that they went another direction this is the human monster but let's talk about part two nick i'll save you Brandon, refresh my memory. When did you see It Part 2 from the miniseries? Uh, it was 95. Played tape two first for some ungodly reason. I think the tapes weren't marked correctly or something. Uh, you mentioned that your VHS tapes were the cover, the book cover with the, the claw coming out of the uh, the grates of the sewer, right? I think, okay, yeah, that cover. 
I think ours was the white one. Uh, the white poster with Tim Curry's face as the clown and the slash. That's, that should be the re-release, if memory serves. Maybe. The original release, which is this. And there's something Correct. very yeah, there's something very special about this release that I want to talk about at a mo- later moment, but you had the re-release, so it's very possible you just there was some confusion and they just weren't labeled right or something. Um yeah. So uh what was the question again? I'm sorry. My brain went somewhere else. Question is it was a joke question. When was the first okay. time you saw part two of it? And what are your what thoughts a... of it? What do you remember from it? <clears throat> um, after finally seeing the film in, in the proper context and seeing one and then two, uh, part two, uh, it's so hard to call it part two because it's really just the, the tape two of the same story for me. Let's call it it's, chapter two. Let's okay. call it chapter two, which is ironically what they call the remake chapter two. But that's for all intents and purposes what it is. Part two, chapter two. Um, I really enjoy the adult segments of of the second part of it. Like, um, and I know I'm jumping ahead here, but in contrast to It Chapter Two, the more recent film, that adult cast, I still liked it. But the adult cast of the original It Chapter, the original It miniseries, um, I liked every character, uh, kid and grown up. But I think I've said this before, it gives you the feeling of an after school special. That's what the movie feels like. You feel like you know these characters, probably because we grew up watching them on Night Court and stuff like that. But uh, I just fucking love that cast. Um, as far as tape two is concerned, I think the cast is probably the most standout thing. Scary stuff aside. Now, you mentioned you were a big fan of Bill walking through the cemetery and you see mm-hmm. these grave holes. Somebody dug plot holes for bodies. And all of a sudden we pan over a little bit and this son of a bitch is digging and he sees Bill and he goes something to the effect of here's one, but the one on the end's taken. And he's talking about Stanley who's already dead. And how dare we not mention really quick, Nick, close your eyes and remember the end of part one. We pan into that bathroom, probably the most shocking image for me as a child a pool of a tub full of blood and it written. I mean that tell me that didn't ruin your, it was too real. This was on television. Are we kidding? That fucked my mind so bad as a kid, Nick. I mean, tell me I'm wrong. No, you're not. And nowadays you can't even show the, you can't even show inklings of suicide without people being all up in arms, you know, And, and understandable. I get it. But like, yeah, back then that was like, I mean, holy shit like yeah that's a moment where it's like if you weren't ready for the like a continuation of this you are now because that's quite the cliffhanger to leave you on uh yeah yeah that's that shit is i actually it's funny you say that because ever since i was a child since i saw this movie i have probably six dozen times in my life with different things just wrote it on the wall of my shower just for oh, whoever, creepy, whatever man. the next family member was, uh, we have this uh, bathtub paint uh, for my son, and he so he can like paint in the bathtub. And I took right. the red one like two weeks ago when I was showering and just put it on the wall in the shower. And my wife the next day was like, "What the fuck is your problem?" Do so not like, do that. yes, <laughs> it is. Yeah, it it is ingrained oh. in my mind forever. It's too real, Brandon. Am I right? It's too real. It was all the all the more extreme for me because, like I said, I saw tape two first, so I didn't see it in the proper context at that time. But that was the dad from License to Drive. So when he cut his wrists in the in the bathtub, I was just like, 
what the hell is happening here? Oh. You know, I grew up love, loving that guy. So, yeah. Oh, man. All right. So anyway, back to what you were saying. You're you're a you're a fan of VHS two, as it were. Of mm. it. There's no complaint. You have any complaints about the second part? But and this is going to sound so so lame. My only complaints about tape two would really be Pennywise's final form, the effects at in the third act of that film. Um, I love cheesy old effects, especially eighties and nineties stuff. But I just didn't. the The creature was too. Uh, it wasn't scary enough to be Pennywise's final form, in my look opinion. Like a, look like a damn stink bug. Like, it wasn't. Yeah, it looked like a, yeah. It looked like a crustacean or something. Like I thought it would have been way scarier if it was just Pennywise again. I don't know how they would have pulled it off. I know it w- wouldn't have been with the book, but uh, Tim Curry. I think maybe it's because his performance was so strong and so creepy that when you try to to make this 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 claymation puppet the real Tim Curry, for lack of a better term, it's it, it falls flat for me. Yeah. In that regard. All right. Well, let's hold you off right there. Good job. Nick, are you ready to talk about part two of the original 1990 It miniseries? If I must, yes. <laughs> go go for it. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm exaggerating. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember what this text is that Christian said I sent him. I, I would never divulge our text messages, and I'm not I'm, going to, but I'm just going to No, you, you absolutely can, because I genuinely want my memory refreshed. I don't know what I said. Um... What is it? What did I, you what is said it? when I told you we were doing this episode? Now, mind you, I am not here to change your mind at all. I want you to be a firm son of a bitch. Yeah. And I'm not going to argue with you. But you said it's a shame they butchered part two. Yeah. Uh, okay, good. That's what I that's what I thought. Uh, I have always felt that way. I, I even remember now it wasn't always. I guess when I was a kid, when I was just creeped out by it, I, I didn't really notice as much. But man, um, I just did not think part two stuck the landing for me at all. Uh, the actors are are fine. I, I don't think any of it's not poor acting whatsoever. My thing was the camaraderie between the kids was so like believable and Derry almost kind of felt like lived in. And maybe that was because I was a kid and like I had friendships like that. And we, we used to go to, ironically enough, a rock quarry. Um, and like, so like me and my friends did. So it was like, it, it, I was very relatable for me. And then we get to them as adults. And I just kind of felt like the synergy between all of the characters wasn't the same. It was really hard for me to believe that like, this was all of them grown up and they had all this history and this past together. But again, I thought the acting was fine. I thought Tim Curry actually might've delivered some more memorable moments in part two. Uh, especially the the graveyard scene. That is awesome. Mm. Um, We're not going to argue much on this, Nick. I'm a little bummed no. out, but actually, I'm glad to hear what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I, I I exaggerate sometimes because I now when I go back and watch it, I am very let down by the second half, and that's why I was so excited when they did announce that they were going to be doing a new version of this because I was like, please get Chapter 2 right for me, and we'll get there, but it wasn't just that those are minor gripes or whatever but it's the third act that it just completely loses me and it's like from the visual effects to the the, the ending I, I think is so cheesy let's get abra on uh, uh, on the bike and and you know we're riding silver and she's gonna come out of the deadlights and it's it's right. very corny like right. i get it though i get it it is a product of its time but 
as someone who has read the book, and let me tell you guys something, anyone listening, if you haven't read the book, be thankful the book didn't get totally translated into the film version because there's some shit in that book that should never see the light of day on film. Um, but even then, like it, it's, a, it's a microcosm of King. I can't blame Tommy Lee Wallace or anybody because his endings a lot of times do suck. And it is no, it's no different. It, the, right. the, move, the book, the ending is bad. Um, but yeah, that's what it was for me, man. The third act, I just felt like these actors are doing a good job. Tim Curry's giving you another creepy performance and it's cool to see adults scared by him. And I actually thought the adult bill was probably like the strongest of, I really liked him in this movie. I really did. He was believable. Right. I, I, but it was just the third act. I felt like all these stakes, all this hype. And I'm just kind of like. Whether it's from decisions the characters are making to some of the effects to some of the it's just I don't know. I don't know if if I watched it again right now, I could literally pinpoint these things. But I, I could just, do that for you. I okay. can do that for you because I just so finished watching. That, I'll state my piece and now you take it. I, I, I think you're on. the. I honestly think, Nick, you're going to you're a lot. You're very close to me now on this show. We always talk about everybody has their perceptions, their opinions, and I respect that. But I have to do what we call an in defense of. Okay? Because mm-hmm. I think that's fair. I have, and I would never name names. It's not the point. It doesn't matter who said it. I don't care if Jesus Christ said this himself. I really don't. I have heard multiple people say that part two of the 1990 miniseries is unwatchable garbage. Don't waste your time on it. Typically, I don't care, but I have a vetted interest in It 1990. I have two reasons why I think a lot of people say this. They either watch it once or twice, because most people, when you watch part one, that's a movie. That's a full-length movie. Boom. And you might watch part two, and then when you go back, you just want to, you don't have time to watch both parts. So people watch part one, boom, they love that one. They don't sink their teeth into part two enough. They'll constantly watch part one. They don't watch part two. And two, some people just go with what the flow is because they hear part two is garbage. I think that is bullshit. I really do. Do I think part one is the better part? I do. I really do. I do think that those kids are a magical, but I think that part two is still so good in so many ways. Let me explain. The cast is amazing. That cast is so good. Tim Reed is a great Mike. Do we need to talk about one of the best actors of the bunch, Dennis Christopher, who was in a great movie called Fade to Black? He is a phenomenal actor. Eddie Spaghetti, adult Eddie Spaghetti. Pennywise standing in those six-foot grave holes is one of the most terrifying moments. They really dug that shit. He's standing in graves. That's real. Way too good. Bill and Mike's bonding over the old bike that he used to ride is great stuff. I think that that is great stuff. And then when they play the the It's All Right jam again that you heard in part one, I love that song. So just right then and there, that's at least a two out of five stars with that song in the movie. Adult Richie as that comedian is hysterical. I think he is so good. I like I do like him more than Seth Green. I think Adult Richie is hilarious. The scene of Pennywise in the library is way too good, especially with the a little young for you, isn't she, Richie? I mean, that's totally Freddy Krueger stuff right there. That is, And I'm sure that was some influence with that. And the whole time he's yelling in the library and the woman's looking at him like he's nuts. But he's going, shaking that little bell thing. And it's, 
the contrast of Pennywise in a library and the fact that it is a TV movie just makes it even creepier because there's no, I don't know what you, it does. It looks like there was no color timing or there's, it doesn't look like a movie. There's something about it being a TV movie that makes it creepier. I'm not even done yet. Pennywise waving to adult Ben when he drives away in the taxi is burned in my brain as one of the creepiest shots in the entire series. Again, Dennis Christopher shines as adult Eddie Spaghetti. What a scene. What about when Bev revisits her childhood home and she goes in with the old lady and the scene where the woman, she drops the cup, it turns into blood on the carpet. And all of a sudden, the voice changed to her dad's voice. I urge people that haven't seen this in a long freaking time, the makeup effects for Bev's dad when she looks up, when he looks up and says, I worry about you, Bev. I worry a lot. Is disgusting. It is creepy. Watch it again. I'm not done. The dinner montage, again, when they play the song, It's All Right, and everybody's having a good time eating and the camera's just panning around the table. What a feel-good moment. The camera work while they're talking again. Now, this was ingenuity. I guarantee you, because Brandon will tell you, Brandon's in the film business. This movie, you know, did not have the money for multiple cameras at Mm -hmm. once. This was a one-camera movie. So what do they do when they're having the dinner scene? The camera's constantly moving while they're talking to give you that flow and being behind everybody's point of view when they're saying something. It's subtle, but I really appreciate that. Henry Bauer, this is my complaint about Henry Bauer. I can, I can pr- appreciate that he was probably a fuck up and failed a few times and was in the same grade as Mike, Ben, Beverly. He looked too old. I'm sorry. He looked too old. He did not need to look that old. He's, he's an old man. Looks a little too old. I would have casted that differently. The scariest moment in the entire series to me right here is in part two, hands down, the scariest scene. As much as the sewer scene in the beginning of part one. When Ben starts telling a story about when Stan came running out of the woods and hops on his bike and Stan is by this house bird watching, I get my my blood runs fucking cold at this scene till this day. I just watch and I forgot how good it is. He hears that voice whispering his name, Stanley. He walks up to that house. He's by himself. The door slams behind him. The lighting in this weird-looking house and that spiral staircase, there's a little bit of light shining down halfway the staircase, and you hear that, and you see Pennywise coming down, and he's wrapped in bandages, but you see the three little clown buttons, and he's a mummy, but those wraps on him were so disgusting, and then you, you see this disgusting 800 year old mouth and that walk down the stairs and he's holding his bird book out just yelling birds and then all of a sudden the door finally opens if you haven't seen this in a long time that scene fucks me up it is done so well and the thumping with each stair he goes down and you just see a little bit more then a little bit more and then the camera keeps panning closer to stanley every stair bump it is done so well it's the, my favorite scene in both parts one and two. And when I think about it and Dennis, again, Dennis Christopher's performance as Eddie Spaghetti is so good when he's talking about Stanley at the dinner party and his del- he is so good. I just think people forget this. 
And he's telling the story about Stanley seeing it again after they went and fought him. And he's like, just talking about that. And he says, I, and Stanley came up to me, said, I saw it. I saw its deadlights and I wanted to be there. Just, it's brilliant. The dog head coming out of Pennywise at the mental ward scene with, with um, Henry Bauer. I wouldn't say that's great, but it's just weird and it sticks with me. A dog head coming out. It's just weird. I'd never forgot it. Kiss Me Fat Boy is freaky because you know that Ben is holding Pennywise and he's that close to proximity with him. And the camera shot of him is this close. It's freaky. You see the lipstick on Pennywise? It's just freaky. The ending falls flat because absolutely nothing on this planet would match Pennywise. Nothing. Nothing. And why is part one perfect, Brandon? Because what is the end of part one? It's Pennywise. Mm-hmm. They knew what to do. Part two is great. Part two is nowhere... I don't want to use the phraseology that everybody uses. I'm just going to say, I totally disagree with this sentiment that part two is trash. I call bullshit. I call bullshit, guys. I, I don't know what else to say. Do I think it's as good as part one? I, I don't. I do think that those kids are magical. I do think that Pennywise... it. it, it it's it's literally 9.9 out of 10 with those kids and a 10 with Pennywise, where I would say the adults are a 7 or an 8, and then a 10 with Pennywise and a flat ending. But calling part 2 unwatchable, I'm sorry, I just call bullshit. I, I don't know what else to say. So I'm done ranting. I just had to get that off my chest because I and I this I thought this was going to be a thing with Nick. Not that I want to argue with Nick. I love Nick, but it would have been fun if Nick would have disagreed. I don't think Nick totally disagrees with me, but to call this unwatchable is ridiculous. No, you, and I will. You, you, you I haven't will seen say, enough movies if this is unwatchable. That's what I think. Yeah, and I will say I have never been someone that has used that phraseology or claimed that about this movie at all i think that it pales in comparison to the first part of this absolutely but it is more than watchable and has plenty of good moments i just think that it doesn't measure up to part one um so that's my stance on it right and and in context brandon you can appreciate the the charm of the big what did you refer to the to it as a water bug what did you refer to it as nick a uh stink bug a stink bug. You can appreciate the charm to it in its context, but as a total package, it is. I don't. It's limp. It, it falls flat, uh, and it does totally charm you. That I love that about it. It's just the fact that we're putting it up against Tim Curry's performance, and Tim Curry's Pennywise was so sincere and so scary um, that when you when you turn him into this bug thing, that's that's slow. That's like slow motion animated claymation. It's just like, is that really the best you guys could have done? I don't know what else they would have done, but um, you can't you can't outmatch Tim Curry's frenzied performances, Pennywise, in that film. You just can't, especially not with a fucking claymation monster. You just can't. Can't. And then one thing I wanted to add, I have I don't know if the ori- I can't remember if the original VHSs were like this, but on the Laserdisc release of it, the show, the movie, there is. The little extra scene in here that was taken out of the Blu-ray and the DVD for some reason. I, I don't know why. It's not much, but uh, who's the stutterer again? Is that Ben? Right? Ben is the stutterer, right? The older brother, Bill. 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 I'm sorry, Bill. 
Bill is an author and a screenwriter, a screenplay guy. And mm. when he comes to Der- back to Derry, he goes to the library to look for Tim Reed's character, Mike. Well, when Bill walks in the library and the laser disc, there's an extra moment of Bill appreciating this shrine that the local library made for the hometown boy of his new novel. I forget the name of his novel. It was like something fear or something. I forgot the name of the novel. It's a, his novel that he made in the movie. And he, he, he looks at this shrine that the town made for him. They don't take it out in the Blu-ray or nothing. Cause you'll still see the poster for his new book that he made that came out in the background when they're at the library, but they cut that out. And the only thing I could think of is they didn't give more context, I guess of him seeming like a star when he's in the town of Derry. Like nobody really goes up to him in the, in that moment to recognize him or say, Oh my God, it's bill. But they take that out, but it's a cool little moment. I just thought it would be something to add because I don't know how many people have seen that part of the movie. And it may be only on the laser disc for all I know, because I remember my grandma had this VHS version and I did not ever see it until I watched this LaserDisc version, and they had that in there. So, uh, yeah, beautiful LaserDisc, by the way. But uh, let's move on. Now, Nick, I know you're chomping at the bit to talk about 2017s. Yeah, you, you might find yourself surprised. But well, hold on. Let me, let, me, let me give the people a little bit of context, Nick, and then you can follow up. When this movie was announced, I'm going to be honest with you. Maybe you were the same way. I don't know. Maybe you were. Maybe you weren't. I had never been more on the fence about something in my life. Being a massive fan of Tim Curry and just the, the original series. I don't, I don't know. Were you the same way? Or were you like, Let, let's, let's do this? I was elated. I was elated. <laughs> Tell me about it. I remember the announcement. Uh, I remember the discourse on the internet was purely, solely just about how are you going to replace Tim Curry? There's no way anyone's going to be able to live up to Tim Curry, but that was it. No one was like, you can't do this story again. It doesn't need a remake. No, it was simply people just like, cool, but you're not going to be able to replicate Tim Curry. And that was basically the dissension that came with this movie. But I was ecstatic because I had been telling myself for years and my mom would say it. And I had been saying, I want someone to do this again for two reasons. I want a bigger budget. I want them to be able to have a far bigger sandbox to play in. I want some, I, I want this world to be fully realized. There's so much. I mean, Pennywise is he's more complex in what he can do than Freddy Krueger. And everyone knows how iconic the you know the, the dream world is and everything that you can do there. And when you have the budget, and it's just I saw so much potential there. And I wanted a chapter two that I felt like was would be a better tail end to the story for me. So I was excited as hell for this movie, but I don't think anybody could have been prepared for how massive this movie was. I mean, everyone was talking about this movie. This was an R rated horror movie about a clown. And I'm everyone and their mother went and saw this movie. 
I mean, it's the highest grossing R-rated horror film of all time with over $700 million. I remember the box office for opening weekend was like $150 million domestically. I was like, are you kidding me? That's bigger than Batman just opened up with this past weekend. That's a big freaking deal. Like, I rem- I saw it three times opening weekend. The midnight show back when they used to do midnight shows. The following Fri- The following night on Friday and then Sunday afternoon. And every single show was packed packed sold out this thing just took over pop culture it, it it took over the world i don't think anybody was prepared for just how big this thing was going to be and my god did i i loved it i mean i loved it um there was one complaint i had after seeing this movie and it makes a lot more sense now once you've heard andy muschetti talk about it and and really just the whole creative team behind it the one complaint i had was ah some of the the CGI like monster stuff, it, it didn't seem real enough to me. And then the way Annie Muschietti described it was that was intentional because it was supposed to be like cartoony things that children were afraid of because it was channeling their fears. It wasn't supposed to look like real life scares. Like there's a real life element to it, but it looks childish almost because it's their fears and their fears as children, our fears are irrational. So like I totally get why they went with that approach but sometimes i'm just like ah i don't know about that but i i mean dude i was so thrilled the kid actors knocked it out of the park i I really just was amazed uh i think mike got the shaft he didn't get enough to do uh in chapter one absolutely um i think that it's i just thought their camaraderie was great i really thought all the kids worked together great they were funny uh Eddie and Richie are probably the standouts for me. I, I just, I love them in this movie and, and their relationship. But, um, and I'm just going to say it. I mean, I thought that they made no, the right decision. No. Okay. Don't, don't say anything where you No, say, I was just going to, okay. Okay. I was, I was just going to say they made the right decision to approach the character of Pennywise a different way. You had a different take on it from Bill Skarsgård and the material that Bill Skarsgård was given I thought he did amazing with. I remember right before this movie came out, I can't remember what movie they showed it in, but like there was a movie in theaters a few weeks before this came out. And if you went and saw it, you could see the opening like scene in the sewer with Georgie and Pennywise as like a preview. And I went and saw the movie. I can't. Yeah. Did you know about that? I remember that, but I don't remember the movie. I don't either, but I went and saw the movie so I could see that scene. And oh my God, I was like, yes, like I am so here for this. This is amazing. Like uh, it was, it was incredible. I was just so thrilled to see, okay, Bill Skarsgård gets it. He gets it. He's not trying to replicate Tim Curry. That's all I needed. Don't try to do Tim Curry over again. Do your own thing. Love this movie. Love, love, love it. I love this movie. That's, that's my piece on it. Brandon, take me back, man. It's twenty-seven now. Brandon, I think I think I know what you're gonna say right here, and I think I I don't I, I might be right, I might not be right. I think you were probably like, really, we're remaking it. Yeah, I was. Uh, it was more. I was kind of uh, bummed out. I was more impartial because when they announced it, we were already like knee deep in the remake reboot trend. So I was like, of course they're fucking remaking it. And then I started thinking, well, they're not really remaking the miniseries; they're just readapting the book. And uh, Andy Muschietti promised to readapt the book and not remake the miniseries. So I was like, okay, that's kind of cool if you're going to do a more faithful ad- adaptation. And I don't think they had announced, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think they announced off the bat it was going to be two films. But I remember them saying that the first film was going to be just about the kids. I was like, that's really cool. 
maybe they'll break it up and make, make part two just about the adults. But anyway, flash forward to finally seeing it in theaters that opening night. I think it was a midnight premiere. It was the weekend before Hurricane, Hurricane Irma hit here in Florida, I think. And uh, that scene, the opening scene where uh, Georgie's talking to Pennywise, and there's that really creepy music and it starts to swell. When Pennywise grabs Georgie's arm and they cut to the shot inside the sewer and you see Pennywise's mouth open up really wide, the music stops and it's just, you just hear the sound effects of like the teeth coming out and shit. And then he bites. I remember the audience, the whole audience, the whole theater reacted like, holy shit. And I haven't seen a, a audience go that wild for a horror movie in a long time. And I've seen a lot of horror movies in theaters, especially in the 90s and early 2000s. I don't mean and, to interrupt you, but I just wanted to say to your point, I don't know how you felt about it. Made my stomach turn to see that happen to a kid on screen. Yeah, I was I mean, really surprised that they showed the teeth bite in. I thought the shot where you see the actual, like from the front view of the sewer, when you see his, uh, his teeth bite into the arm, I thought that was too CG looking, but I let it go because the, the shot of his mouth opening up before that was so cool. And, um, to your point about it being a different performance than, than, uh, Tim Curry, it really was in this movie, this Pennywise from the moment he started talking, I liked the voice. I'm like, he's doing like a sloppy, clowny voice. He's not talking like a guy from New Jersey, which is cool. <laughs> but, um, which I still loved. Don't get me wrong. But, why'd you um, pick New- I just can't- why'd you pick New? I'm not really sure. It's New just Jersey. the first thing that popped in my head. Does it- Tim Curry sounds like a New Jersey guy or something in the first film. Anyways, Pennywise. Um, fair enough. Fair enough. I just think that's funny. Yeah, where Pen- uh, Tim Curry felt like a child molester, real serial killer guy. Pennywise from the start felt like an animal, like something you could tell he was something hidden beneath layers of costume flesh. He wasn't a guy. He was a thing. I think that's what the the biggest difference was about this version of Pennywise. So needless to say, when you got done with this movie, it was a sigh of relief. You were like, they they did it. Right? Yeah, I I loved it. Chapter one. It was it was really good. Um, Yeah, I was just I was thankful they didn't screw anything up. Like I said, I haven't read the book. So I'm not really sure if they got everything correct according to the the text, but much truer, much truer to the book than the miniseries. Okay. That's one thing a lot of people that have read the book will say. No matter which movie you prefer, this mm-hmm. is more true to the book. Absolutely. Okay, but the kids were great. Uh, the uh, the 1989 setting was killer. I thought it worked worked really well, and it still kind of felt like the flashback scenes of the, of the miniseries of those kids, just you know, 30 years displaced. So. Yeah, and I'll start it off right here. One of the biggest positives I can give this movie is they have one of my all-time favorite bands in here in the soundtrack, The Cult. New Kids uh, on the Block? Uh, no, not New Kids on the Block. <laughs> the, the Cult, baby. The uh, Actually, I, I don't mind New Kids. I can listen to New Kids, but seriously, The Cult. When I heard The Cult music in that, that was when I first took my big sigh of relief. I was like, the music's good. That's always a good aura. I can't think of any movies I hate that have songs I love in it. I'm not saying it doesn't exist for people, but that's always a good omen for me. When I hear a great song of a band I love in a movie, I typically end up liking that movie. I was more like Brandon in a sense, like very, well, I was probably worse to be honest. I was, I was defensive and seeing Pennywise out of context of the movie. Cause I remember seeing the, they released an image of him. They did, and I sorry to interrupt you, Christian, but that image they released, that promo, I was like, I was did not like the look of Pennywise in that. Still, carry on. I, yeah, it was, it was weird. I and I again, I was like, who do who does who do they think they are? You know what I mean? I was like, D- are you kidding me? Who do you guys think you are? Mm-hmm. This is a this is a no win situation. 
And but sure enough, I said I knew I was going to see this movie, and the I remember the build up happened, and it finally came out. The band I was in at the time, we went. I'll never forget. We went and ate at this restaurant where you literally there's no menu. You just pay the price, and they bring you out ch- pork chops, pork and beans. It's like this like backyard barbecue joint. They just bring you out a platter of food. I remember we ate our butts off. I was just like begging for mercy. By the time we got done, I don't. It was right next to the celebrity theater. Not the celebrity theater. It was a uh, Tinseltown, which is actually a night. Tinseltown, I think, is a brand of AMC theaters or something. Maybe I don't know. Nice theater, but we, I remember we got to the theater. I was full on pork chops, pork and beans, and all that good stuff. And I was just like, some for some reason, I, I don't know what this was, but something inside of me whispered, "Let it go." And I just remember, I, 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 because I, I, I went into the theater like this. I mean, I did, and my wife was like, "What's wrong with you?" I was like, "This is bullshit." But right before the movie started, something told me to let it go, and I did. I, I legitimately, I saw in my chair i said christian there's always going to be tim curry's pennywise what are you so worked up about and i just realized that it's like it's not erasing the movie if anything what i thought was going to happen happened. if anything it's going to boost the original up with it you'll see more toys you'll see and, and that's exactly what happened so it was a blessing mm-hmm. in disguise for me but anyway i remember when I, when i saw the opening scene i was down with it and I, when I saw that that creepy son of a bitch take one eye this way a little bit, and I, I was like, that's cool CGI. Little did I know that the son of a bitch can actually do it. Mm-hmm. But um, I really enjoyed it. I really, really enjoyed it. And I loved Nick actually, I, I, you know, Nick, Nick actually hit it right on the head. This is a Nightmare on Elm Street fan's dream. I mean, that's that's my bread and butter. And these movies are nightmare. They're they're they play like a nightmare. They're dreamlike like a nightmare. This is a nightmare fanatics. Pennywise movie, and mm. I really loved it. I loved the the leper is the nastiest thing to me. The leper was my standout from part one. Um, the, there's only one thing about this movie does that I think is is one of my personal cardinal sins. Just just a personal thing. When I love the build up when Pennywise rises his head out of the basement of the water, and then he does the fast motion, fast forward walk towards him. It's cardinal sin. I hate that. There's no need for that. I, that's yeah. I I hate like that stuff. <laughs> It's 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 just that's I think there are moments where oh, it's corny. It's so corny. All they had to do was let that son of a bitch come out of the water, show her reaction, and see a splash from a foot or something, and cut. Yes, but I don't. I, I will say let's let's just give credit though that him doing the fast walk and shaking his head, screaming at Bill as he's running towards him is stupid, but. The shot you get right after it where his head's laying on the stairs and his eyes just roll up into his head and he slithers away is awesome. I, I did love that part. Of course. Of course. Yeah. There, there are way more. And that, that may be my only gripe. And, and one of the things that they did so well, I thought, was moments. They had great moments. The way the, the original part one did. One of the greatest moments from the original series as well was when you see Georgie Wink in the book ruined me as a kid but one of the heartfelt moments that i really loved in the remakes part one was when mike's dad says you either end up in here like them and die or you're on the other side you need to decide what you want to be that hit me i i felt that i loved that moment um i couldn't tell you which cast of kids i like better at this moment in time i'm still trying to think about it i think it's 
You know, it's like the Red Sox and the Yankees, two great franchises that are always going to battle it out in my head. And and for a lot of people, it's always going to be a war. I think that's one way you can look at it. I, but I, I, I want. Well, go ahead. Go I ahead. was just going to say, I think one thing too that we have to give credit for, and I'm interested to hear if you guys agree. Pennywise is a mean son of a bitch in these two movies. He's mm-hmm. he is mean, and mm-hmm. and I love that because. Where Tim Curry, especially when they were kids, he definitely was a lot more playful, and that was part of his shtick to draw you in to be more playful. This Pennywise, although he has a few moments like that, I mean, the whole, this isn't real enough for you, Billy? It was real enough for Georgie? Is like, dude, that's a dick move. Like, he has so many lines in both of these movies that is just like, Oh, you're an asshole, man. Like, and, and it lends itself more to that animalistic side where his only goal is to eat. He needs to eat. He wants to scare his food. But at the end of the day, he does not give two shits about you at all. He will say whatever he has to do. He, I think he likes it. I think he likes to fire you up and get you pissed off. It makes the kill that much more enjoyable. So, I mean, yeah. he's a dick. I mean, he's a dick. And I loved it. Yeah, he he's great. And it's literally... I mean, I literally, you know, I literally couldn't tell you what else they could have done to differentiate it and do something differently better. They literally took they I, I really don't think if 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 alternate dimensions are a thing, I don't think we would go to any other ultimate alternate dimension where there would have been a better second Pennywise. I think we're in the we're in the correct alternate dimension where they got the new Pennywise, right? Because it was so different. And but he was so it, it was cinematic. It was cinematic gold. I couldn't wait for the next scene when he showed up. It's, it's different. Casting. Yeah. And it's different from Tim. I don't trust him. I don't want to be near him. Mm. But when this Pennywise showed up on screen, I couldn't wait to what is he going to do next? What is he going to do? What's he going to turn into? It was, I, it, I literally, it, it was fist bumping the original because I was like, hey, I'm not going to be you. Let, let me show you what, what we're going to do. And that's what I'm talking about. This, quite frankly, I feel silly for not having this in my top 10 remakes now when I, you know, because I rewatched part, I rewatched these two movies the last couple of days and I finished, I did the Tim Curry's today. And when I watched the 2017 and, and 20, what is it, 18 or 2019 19, part, yeah. 20, which took me fucking three hours, damn near, but we'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, I said to myself, honestly, that should have been in my top 10 remakes. Because, I mean, that was good. That mm-hmm. was really good. But, um, yeah, I left that theater a, a happy man. A happy yeah. man. If you I, go and watch my review from when it came out, you'll still see a little bit of resistance from me. But then when it came on on Blu-ray, I re-reviewed it, and I literally said I changed my mind about it 2017. And then I said, guys, I've let go completely. It's it's the real deal. Yeah. Yeah, I think the thing that sold me on Skarsgård was it's not just the scene with Georgie. It's what he does in that scene. When he starts to drool and his eyes start to wander as he's talking to Georgie, it's like he's not even there anymore. It's like he's like trying to play this part but he doesn't care he just wants to eat him so it's like, it's like yeah. he's so infatuated with the prey at that point he can't even like look he's just so like mm-hmm. about this kid i can't wait his mouth is watering i love that shit about it the animal yeah, takes over 
I, they said that was all Bill, like the the slobbering and the drooling. He, like I get uh, so many things he ad libbed that weren't in the script, and then Muschietti would see a take and be like, "Oh, that's fucking perfect, dude!" Like, it, it, Bill made this role as good as it is. Like, you could have gotten another actor. And it probably could have been good, I guess, because obviously the material was good enough. But I think the little ad libs, the eye wandering, the drooling that he added made it just put it over the top where it was just like, okay, this dude knows what he's doing. Like, make no mistake. They, they make no mistake. I guarantee you the casting. This was a slow movie in the making. I guarantee you they probably went through dozens and dozens and dozens of men to find the right guy and i bet you they did screen test with bill they did screen test with a bunch they this was a decision that took a while to come to sometimes yeah. that's what it takes sometimes you get lucky but i think with a movie because this was a big hollywood warner brothers thing they they spent the money and got the money back sometimes to make a really good film there's two ways to do it almost. Brandon can tell you. You get lucky and them stars align or you pay mm-hmm. to make a really... Am I right, Brandon? Oh, yeah. And you know that casting choice, that the casting itself was exhaustive for this movie. And I'd be curious to know, you brought up a good point. Did any like... Because Bill Skarsgård was pretty uh, unknown at the time still. Did any like A-list celebrities try out for the role and fail miserably? Like, I want to see that reel. It, like, it was down to two people. It was mm-hmm. down to Skarsgård and Will Poulter. Uh, if you know who Will Poulter is, he's the if you've seen the comedy movie, we're the Millers. He's the kid that gets bit in the nuts by the tarantula. <laughs> he's a weird that, looking bastard. Yes. Really? Yes. It was down to him and Skarsgård. And it, when it was Kerry Fukunaga that was directing Fukunaga mm-hmm. brought on Poulter and they were actually doing uh, like the body molds and stuff and everything for Poulter. And then Fukunaga dropped out because warner brothers didn't didn't like some of the things he wanted to do so when muschetti took over muschetti said look i know you're like already getting ready for this role and everything and they've been doing makeup tests with you and everything but nah i'm going with scars guard and he was actually the one that decided scars guard over polter gotta go what's that said you gotta go with your gut yeah i mean good on him for making that choice that must have been so awkward of a conversation to have with but Good choice. Hey, the, the check will still clear, man. Like, don't worry about it. But we're right. going another way. Like, yeah. yeah. So I think we can all give a part one a resounding two thumbs up. You know? Oh, massively, massively. Um, two perfect part ones, man. You've got, you know, the fifties or fifties or sixties part one, mm-hmm. and then you've got the late eighties part one for this one. Great two two great times, man. Um, just love it. Uh, so let's move on. To two years later, obviously, when this film, I didn't realize how much money it made, but Nick's Nick's the box office guy. That's what he's in charge of knowing. I don't I don't know any of that shit. Yes, sir. But um, apart, Nick, when you, I'm I'm assuming when you looked at the box office numbers a couple days after, a week or so after, you said, "Oh, there's no way in hell that I made, they're not making a a second one." Yeah, these crafty bastards knew it though. They never announced it, but at the very end of it, you get chapter one it says chapter one right before the credits come up so they told you after you watch the movie yeah we're gonna do another one like oh, everybody, everybody in my theater cheered when that chapter one came up because they're like yep. okay good that guarantees part two mm-hmm. so they knew yep. it was good so they knew it was good mm-hmm. yeah warner brothers was very confident in this movie they spent over a hundred million dollars in marketing that, that's bigger than Jeez, the budget that's great. they spent so much money to get the marketing out there for this movie because they knew it was good like they saw what they had and they were like oh shit this thing is good like and man did they recoup their investment yeah 
Well, let's let's hold off with Nick. Let Nick let Nick collect his thoughts. Brandon, tell yes. me about tell me about you see it twenty seventeen. You say to yourself, hey, "Good job, guys. I'll take some more." Right? You're probably thinking, "I'll take another one." Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I was I was really excited about it. And then um, when twenty nineteen finally rolled around, I was really stoked with the trailers they released. I was like, "This looks really good." But my daughter had been born in June of that year, so by the time it chapter two came out. Um, I don't remember what, what month that was, but I was sort of unfocused on it. So I didn't see it in theaters. Unfortunately, it kind of was off my radar. So I didn't really get to see a chance, get a chance to see part two until it was on home video Blu-ray. So, Oh, so, so tell me about it. You finally get to see it chapter two. Do you look, do you, did you now what, what do you know about it chapter two? I'm sure you had people you were talking to, what they were saying, what was your perception of it chapter two before you saw it based on what you were, what you were saying? I liked what the what the trailer showed me. I knew it was going to be mostly about the adults, which it which was cool. Um, but I knew also that they were going to have the flashbacks of the kids, and they were going to be like CGI de-aged. And I thought to myself before seeing the film, that's kind of a weird choice. Why wouldn't you just shoot all those scenes with you know when they did the first movie and and save them for the second movie instead of going back with them two years later and de-aging them. But I was relieved when I saw the film that the de-aging wasn't really noticeable. And if I hadn't known they did it, I probably wouldn't have known it at all. So, right. Well, before, before you talk about you, I'm, I'm talking about perception from the horror world. I'm saying you saw it on horror video. So what were the people saying? Tell me about Um, that. I try not to let that, that kind of stuff dictate my perception of a movie going into it, but I heard nothing but people shitting on this movie for a couple months before I got a chance to see it. What were they um, saying? What were they saying? I heard people saying it was a weak sequel. It didn't live up to the first one. It was, it was badly written. It was poorly. I heard the, the usual stuff you hear when a movie's bad that people, or at least people are saying it's bad. I heard that everywhere about it. Chapter two. I heard nothing good about it. Um, from pretty much anybody, even my friends who had seen it, they're like, eh, it's kind of forgettable. There it just wasn't seen. There, there wasn't the hype for it like there was in the first movie, and I I could feel that, and I was like, this kind of sucks that it's not a bigger deal. But of course, I I reserved judgment until I saw it, and um, I really liked it. Chapter two, I'll say that much right now. Tell me about what you liked about it. What what was your thoughts when you were watching it? You were, were you like, who, did you recognize a lot of the adults? Were you like, man, is this movie over yet? No, I don't mean ask that as a complaint. Were you aware that it, it was a long movie? It was a long movie. I think it flies by too. And I think um, Pennywise in this film, and this might just be in my head, but in part one, he was a little bit more playful. And this one, he seems more bullish and more serious. I think it's probably fits the tone of the kids coming back and stuff. He just kind of seems like he's not fucking around in this movie, which I liked. Um, I thought the casting itself was awesome. These, the, the grown up adult, the, the adult characters besides Bill, I thought they all looked like they could be grown up versions of the kids. Like the casting director, whoever she was or he was, did a phenomenal job with the, with these casting choices. I thought Bill and Beverly, their adult forms were kind of weak. They didn't really seem like the same people. But um, as far as that's concerned, it was it was I was on the nose or on the or they hit it right in the head. And uh, the story itself, um, I don't know. I just I'm rambling here again, but it moved along for me at a, at a very quick pace. I never got bored with it. Chapter two, I liked the more somber tone. I liked the fact that the town was really empty there wasn't a lot of people it was almost depressing in a sense but it, it just fucking works so well um yeah it chapter two is really good i, I think it was a really really good sequel if i'm oh. being honest oh, oh yeah definitely be, be, definitely be honest with me now you ain't lying to be about nothing early are you mm. 
Okay. Nick, talk to me about It Chapter 2. Tell me about the beginning of this movie, man, because I'm sure this was like the book, right? Yeah. Yeah, there, there's a lot of similarities to the book. Uh, I was more excited for this than Chapter 1, and I think that was because the goodwill that they had you know, instilled in me after what they did with Chapter 1. I said, okay, all right, I believe in you guys now. And like Brandon said, the the casting was phenomenal. I mean, phenomenal. All the, I mean, even I will agree that I don't think Chastain and James McAvoy necessarily look too much like they'd be the adult versions of Bev and Bill. But I will, I gotta say, I th- still think James McAvoy acts his ass off. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, especially the scene with the kid in the street when he's like talking about the clown talking to him and then when he goes to the sewer and he's like yelling at pennywise and like i i think he's he's a phenomenal actor and he did great in this movie but i was more excited oh my god dude i am one of the few people that prefers this to 2017's it and, like and part there, two more than part yes, one is what you're saying I, in my opinion it chapter two is the strongest it that uh, in my opinion it's it's the most enjoyable for me and i have my reasons for that but i was very excited for it um and it flew by too i mean it really really did i never felt the length of this movie because one it's cool to get all these actors together these big name actors all they're playing the adults and everything but you gotta buy it and that uh, that uh, dinner scene at Jade of the Orient, when they all get back together for the first time as adults, sold me. I mean, they seemed like they were old friends. They were laughing. They were giving each other a hard time. And actually, a lot of that scene was ad-libbed. I don't know if a lot of people know that. They were literally just bullshitting, and it was infectious. And I was like, yeah, okay. They've they've sold me on <clears throat> them being friends. Like, I, I believe it. And um, yeah, Pennywise is... <laughs> magnificent in this movie i mean he's a bully yeah he is it's more about like first of all the opening like you said i will just touch on that adrian mellon being beaten and murdered uh is in the book and it was based for being off of, for being gay too yes I mean. and it's it's in the book because it's based off of something that actually happened in bangor maine when king lived there uh there was like a very popular story that had it's a crime that had happened when he lived there a gay man being beaten and murdered and so he put it in the mo- in the book and they put it in the movie they didn't do it in the miniseries because they knew like okay this is going to be a touchy subject i have to credit muschetti for this because this is hard to do, man. It's really hard to do, and it is sad. But from the moment when he's in the water asking for help, and you see Pennywise with those orange eyes with his hand out, like, yeah, come on, I'll help you. You're like, oh, fuck, not this guy. Um, and then he just, just eats little, his heart out, man. Was I'm it like, a little what? blurry? Was the camera blurry on purpose, too? Because Yes, it was, it was like he was coming up out of water, and there was water on the lens. Uh, yeah, they that did that brilliant. on purpose. But... Um, I mean, from that moment, from the opening scene, you know, okay, this movie's going to be dark. You're not going to get a lot of feel good moments in this movie. I mean, you do a little bit with the adult cast, but it is very somber and it's very dark. Um, I just got to say, Bill Hader as Richie steals this fucking movie. I mean, he is magnificent in this movie. And I, I was worried because I was like, he does really look like an adult version of Fenn Wolfhard. And I know that's who they wanted to get. But I was like, but it's Bill Hader. Like, I know he can act, but is it going to work? Because he's so funny, dude. It. I mean, your introduction to him, you're like, yeah, this works. I'm, I'm sold on this. And he's the best of the adult losers, in my opinion. He's the best. Um, and it, so I, I just, 
I don't know, man. I just, I loved this movie so much. And I finally felt like I got that chapter two that I wanted. And it's not perfect. No, it's not perfect. I had my issues primarily again with the ending um, and how it ends, but it's pretty I liked goofy. It, but I liked it better than the miniseries because of the, what it meant and what it stood for. It was about, because even in the miniseries and the book, all of it is the same way. It gets its power by you being afraid of it. So, and, and it knows it's weak when you're banded together. So when they finally decide, why the fuck are we trying to fist fight this thing? Why don't we just tell this thing? We're not afraid of you anymore. Like, is, is it a little, is it a little cheesy? Yes, but it is true to the source material. If you're not afraid, he's nothing. He's nothing to you. And I like how the symbolism of that, they band together and they're like, we're not kids anymore. We're not scared of you. You like, I, it's, and I love his line. Look at you all grown up right before they rip his heart out because it's very similar to the first, the ending of the first one where he says, fear right before he drops down because that's him realizing what fear is these kids made him scared for the first time in his life or made it scared and now it happens again in the second one it's like it's part of me is like why did you want them to come back pennywise like clearly they're your kryptonite like but okay you lured him back um i just i loved it man and again i will say this movie does not pull its punches you got to give it credit for that vicky under the bleachers where he just bites down on her face you're like right. oh, that's shit. hardcore yeah. yeah uh and then the 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 funhouse mirrors where he just chomps the kid and blood shoots up everywhere and you're like dude he just ate that kid and we saw it happen like does oh, not pull its punches at all like i love i love this movie i love so this movie nick loves part two before i get to my thoughts Brandon, what the hell is a Myers house doing behind you? You got the Myers house back there on the TV or something? I, 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 fi- I figured I needed to throw something on the TV behind me. It's like a screensaver type thing. I like so, it. It's, yeah, it's aesthetic, it's, uh, man. Are you happy hour, I noticed yeah. Okay, okay. good. I'm, I, well, I noticed it. I'm, I'm, I noticed it just now. I said, that's the Myers house. Have yeah, you I've never seen the right window the turns off and on if you pay attention to it. Wait, what happened now? The right window will turn off and on every so often. Sounds like okay. What? See, you shouldn't tell me that. Oh, I'll tell you what. I'm not going to pay attention on the, play, on the playback because I want to stay focused on the on the task at hand. But on the playback, I'm going to watch that thing. Okay. But you know, I'm glad to hear that, Nick. What's interesting is I heard the majority of my people that talked about this film say, and let me just say this: I'm a big fan of Part Two as well. I think it is a little too long, but at least it's a good movie that's too long. I just think three hours. I mean, even I love Martin Scorsese films to death, but even some of those at times, I just need them to end. And I'm a massive fan of The Irishman. It might be my favorite film he did. I fell in love with The Irishman. But even at that time, it's just like, I wish it was a little bit shorter sometimes. It just depends on what I got going on that day. But when I'm in a movie theater, I got to take a piss. Three hours is a long time, Brandon. That's a that's a clock that never runs out. I've trained my body to not go to the bathroom in the theater anymore. I don't know how, but I've trained myself. As soon well, as the credits roll, I'm like, I gotta fucking piss. Dude. I'm not getting no I'm not getting no bladder infection. So when I gotta piss, <laughs> Brandon, if I gotta piss, I'm I'm unzipping my pants. I'm pissing. The longer I sit there thinking, don't have to piss, don't have to piss, the more I have to piss. So it's this. Yeah, you just it, gotta it, not think about it. It ruins the fucking yeah. experience. I'm more interested in hearing Nick talk more about part two. So I'll say this: I do really. I had a. I love part two. I have my com- uh, gripes as well, but I overall I like it. I don't like it as much as part one, but I respect that Nick likes it more than part one. I think part one, both original and the remakes, part ones, are 
Holy Grail movies. I do. I heard so many people say they hated this cast. They hated the adults in this movie. I mean, I heard a lot of people say that. Nick, why do you think people get that perception, got that perception from that movie? It's too, it, part of it is expectations. People were blown away by 2017, and they weren't expecting to be, especially fans of the 91. So this comes out, and they're like, oh, you're getting all these A-list celebrities, and it's a three-hour, damn near three-hour-long movie, and it's a sequel. So just by you know rule, by rules, it's not going to be as good. And it's all of these things, these pre- preconceived notions that people go into movies with sometimes that form their opinion before they sat down and watched this movie. I will hold true to that. I believe that is the biggest thing. Um, the general consensus I got going into this movie from Rotten Tomatoes, from fans, was it's good. It's still good, but it's it's not as good. That's what the consensus was that I was getting. Yeah, it's still good, but it's not as good. And I was like, eh, okay, well, I'll reserve judgment. I think a big reason why I like this so much is I, I just felt like they already did part one so well in 1990, and then they did it super well again. But I always felt like there was something missing from part two in 1990. And I get this part two and I'm like, this feels like such a better companion piece to me than the part two to the 91. And I just feel like I finally got my part two. Um, But if anyone is hating on the casting, I mean, look, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I really don't. Regardless of your thoughts on this movie, watch this movie. Tell me this is poorly acted. I, I struggle to find it. It, it, James Ransom, who plays adult Eddie, literally looks like a looks like the kid. Like it, it just looks like Dylan, a Jack Dylan Grazer grown up. He's like a spitting image of Eddie. Um, and I just, I don't know, man. I it, it's it, there was something too about. I loved how they went with Pennywise in this movie where he didn't shape shift as much as in the first one. He was a lot more the clown in this movie. And I loved that. And he also seemed like it was personal to him. Like he was mad about what they did to him 27 years ago. And one of the things that stuck out to me when I saw it in the theater for the first time was when he has them in their own like other dimensions facing their fears in the climax. And Ben is being buried. And he's like always knew you'd die alone a fat fat loser and i'm just like again he's a dick like he's such a dick and i'm living for it i'm living but it's just i don't know i I don't know man i could go on and on i just watched these movies again last week uh just because i wanted to before you even mentioned that we were going to do this and my wife even agrees with me that she prefers chapter two and she loves chapter one as well but it's just like there's something about the synergy that this cast brings that i just I feel like I got my part two that I'd been waiting like my entire life for. That's not to say part two from 1990 is bad because I don't think it's bad, but I just feel but like you, this. You got what you wanted. You yes, got what you wanted. This, and and I and Muschietti talked about they had they have been developing a prequel for years. I don't know when W Warner Brothers is going to give it the green light. They need to already because Skarsgård. It, I, I gotta see him in this role more. I have to. I don't know if they're waiting on King to if he's writing more material and then they're going to adapt that. I don't know what's happening. But Andy Muschietti himself told me directly. I asked him point blank, "Are you guys doing a prequel? Is this true? I'm hearing rumors about this." His exact response was, "Yes, but I cannot say anything about it yet." That was it. So I, I'm just like, "Where the fuck is this thing?" I have, you know, Nick, I hate to be the guy to say this. I really do. But 
as much as I think it could be good, why not leave well enough alone, though? You know what I mean? Like, they did two really good movies. Let's, let's I hear move you. on. I hear you, but I will just say, in a prequel, everything is on the table. You're not you're not hamstrung by any source material. Expectations are thrown out the window almost entirely. All you're expecting if they do that is we better get a good performance from Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise again. And you're going to get that. Everything else is new. It's fresh. You can you can do whatever you want and you're not tied down. And I just feel like there are times in life when an actor is born for a role. Robert England was born to be Freddy Krueger. It's just it, that's what his purpose on this earth was. I genuinely feel like Bill Skarsgård was born to play this role. And I, it would be a shame if I didn't get I would love the two movies I have, but I would be lying if I said I didn't want to see more. I mean, I I don't know. And King is known to write sequels years down the road because his property did really well. And he's like, oh, fuck it. I'll write a sequel so you can got you guys can make more movies. I happen to love Dr. Sleep, but that's what I'm saying. I just. I, I need more of Bill Skarsgård. I'm being selfish. Okay, okay. no, hey, I'm. You, you got me excited. I'll, I'll take. I'm I done getting figured... a hard on for this movie. I've stated my piece. Yeah. You know. All right, so here's the deal. We we've talked about we've talked about all these it movies. Now we're already at an hour and thirty. Nick has to get to bed soon. I know he's got a long day tomorrow. We got about hours. Extra, we got about we got about a good six seven minutes left. We can do this show. I had this thing planned. Yeah, we out. got we got fifteen, Christian. Well, look, well, look. Here, here's the deal. I'm getting tired for God's sakes. Brandon's wearing me out. He's getting tired of hearing me talk about it. Chapter. I'm not. Two. No, no. Because I like it when we do stuff that you're passionate about. Because the people can tell, right? I know. I know. Yeah. Hey, let me tell you something really quick. Guess who's a big fan of Halloween Kills, Nick? Brandon. Brandon is. He's also a big fan. I fucking love you, Halloween Kills. Thank you. Love Thank Halloween you. Kills. It's so fucking fun, man. I was deflated by 2018. I loved Halloween Kills. I, did, I was yeah. going to say, Nick, I didn't know if you saw the, the interview we did, but when he's like, I brought I up Halloween. I watched the first, like, I can't remember. I was watching it when my wife got home from work the other day, and yeah. when she gets home, I, like, turn off YouTube, and I'm like, hey. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, it was funny, because during that part of the interview, I was telling a few people that I know are big fans of Kills, I was like, you're going to, there's some of us that feel that way. We like Kills a lot more than 18. I was telling some of my friends, wait till you hear what Brandon says about Halloween, and because it, it, it surprised me. But uh, he said he loves kills. I, I think that's cool. I think that's really cool. So, Brent, really quick, Brent, you ready for ends then, I guess? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully it's good. Good deal. Yeah, uh, Brandon, I will say, too, I saw you commented on my Rob Zombie ranking that I posted today. I, did, I ranked the zombie films, all seven of them. And um, he was like, interesting to see H2, like at the top of your list. Like, not many people have that there. One thing you have to know about me as a Halloween fan, like my top five are some of the most controversial in the series. Like oh, I've, got ha- I've got Halloween five in there, Halloween kills are not. Well, I've got Halloween five, Rob Zombie's Halloween two, Halloween six. And I think Halloween kills is at five. So like, oh, yeah, I am ripe for the picking when it comes to my Halloween ranking. Like, yes, love it. Well, good deal. All right. So this this I just feel like doing it this way. I just feel like doing it this way, and I'm going to make Brandon go last. So, Brandon, you better sit there, and you better think about this. Okay. Because your, your ass is on the line here. I know what you're doing. I know what you're going to do. You're going you're gonna to put the movies against each other. You're going to put the Pennywises against each other. No, no, no. Oh. I'm not going to do that. I was okay. going to do that. But I think it'd just be more interesting this way. I really do. Combining everything overall. 
And now listen to me, Brandon. I need you to, because I really need you to think about this. I need you to compare the Pennywise performances. I need you to think about the rewatch value. And listen to me, because to me, this is a no-brainer. I need you to think about the music. Okay? That needs to be a factor in this. Okay? I want you to think about everything as a whole. Performances, cast, vibe, everything. And I want you to think about it, and you're going to go last. Because I guarantee you, me and Nick are not agreeing here. Nope. <laughs> nope. But, I wanna, but I'm going to give you my answer. Overall, Pennywise, the music, the casting, the rewatch, everything. I'm going with Tommy Lee Wallace's 1990 miniseries, It. It's close, though. Nick talked about the endings of part two. I personally, this is just me. I'm not a big, I, I'm an audiobook guy. I read, but I audiobook. That's all I do is I, I do an audiobook a month usually. I'm about to finish Rob Halford's autobiography. It's great, by the way. I love the over the top spider Pennywise thing of part two, but I much prefer having to kill it and get to those deadlights as opposed to saying we're not afraid. I do. So it's like I have to balance what I like more. And despite the cheesiness of the, what do you call it again, Nick? What kind of bug? The stink bug. The stink bug. Despite the cheesiness of the stink bug, I still prefer the deadlights. There's something so scary to me about the deadlights. I think that the cast in both are great. I do. But I love the cast in part two a little bit more as a total package. I love Bill Hader. Are you kidding me? I love Bill. As a total package, though, everybody, I love the original part two's casting. I, I really do. I love Tim Reed. I love all those guys. Pennywise, I love Skarsgård. That is cinematic gold. But Brandon, I want you to imagine right now. And I'm cheating right now because I'm trying to sway you a little bit. I want you and everybody listening. Right I already now, know I'm going to lose. Hold on. No, no, you don't. You don't. You don't. And you listen, you can do the same thing to Brandon when I'm done and you're talking. You can try to sway him. I'm just trying to put some beans of information into his mind. I right did want to be a lawyer when I was younger. So I'm putting this right. to the test. I just want you to imagine, everybody listening right now because right now I'm reading the chat and I'm seeing what they're saying. Brandon, you're walking down the street. All of a sudden, you see a shadow at the corner. You take that turn, and you see Bill Skarsgård looking at you. And he's got that alien eye. He's looking left and right. He's drooling. That mouth opens up. You know you're done for. Now I want you to imagine you're on that road again. And you hear that boom, 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 music sting. And you see Tim Curry, and he's just laughing at you. And he's holding that balloon. And you can't, you're forced to just, you have to go that way. I want you to think about what's going to be more terrifying as you're walking. An alien monster or a real son of a bitch in that clown outfit. Okay? For me, it's probably about 70-30. But I'm sticking with Tim Curry. Not because I don't love Bill. Bill is, like Nick said, he's born. He is this generation's Pennywise. But there will never be nothing. Look, we talk about what's scary as adults. Not much. You know, what, you know what's scary as adults, Nick? Taxes. Yeah, you know what's bills. scary as adults? Bills. 
Not scars. Children. Bills. Children. You, you feel me on that, Brandon? Mm-hmm. There's things that scare us as adults, but for as God is my witness, Tim Curry's Pennywise, if I saw him down the street, I would rather commit suicide. Bills would still kill me, but he'd have to kill me. You feel me, Brandon? You, you ever heard that expression? You, can, you may beat my ass, but you're going to have to beat my ass. Mm-hmm. That's the way I feel about it. And it's not a knock necessarily on Bill because it's cinematic gold. But Tim Curry's Pennywise is the real effing deal. I'm sticking with 1990. That's the end of my speech. Nick, I want you to go ahead. All right, I'll keep this short and sweet because I feel like I have shown my hand already. I think that gun to my head, who is Pennywise? I think that Tim Curry is Pennywise. Uh, that's just whether it's nostalgia, whether it's how uh, he he was Pennywise. He just was. So if I had to pick one, it's probably like 51 to 49, Tim Curry. I'm, it's very close. But who is it? It's Skarsgård. He is it because of all the forms he takes on, um, because he feels more like the animal, the the intergalactic creature that is in the source material. I will say, if you read the book, and for those of you listening that have read the book, I'm sure you have a pretty great appreciation for Skarsgård's interpretation because it is a lot closer to the book. Having said that, though, I think Tim Curry's is a little scarier. So Pennywise, Tim Curry. It, Bill Skarsgård. Uh, the music, aside from the like in the 90s miniseries, I think the score for It and It Chapter 2 is actually really strong. I, whether it's the kids almost like chanting all the time in the background, like, nah, 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 nah. it's it's creepy. I, I I prefer the score in 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 the new iterations. Just to say, though, Nick, I, I really don't want to cut you off. Don't you dare forget about the Pennywise theme. Oh no. You're you're right. Fucking there, terrifying. There are two there are two very very good pieces of music I feel like in the 90 score like that that very much stand out. I will say that. So maybe I'd say it's a toss up there cuz I think they're both strong. I really do. Uh it 2017 versus it uh part one from 90 it's probably neck and neck i don't know if i could pick it chapter two versus the second part of 90 it's chapter two uh adult camaraderie cast ending visual effects i'm i'm going 2017 and 2019 uh i have more nostalgia for the 90 version i think that tim curry is pennywise to a t he is the pennywise but I think when it comes to the source material, I think that and for the missteps that the original did have, because there are some and that's limited by budget and certain things. I understand that. I think that these new movies. I, I don't know, almost rectified a few of those things, especially in chapter two for me. So by a hair, I, you, some people would hear me talk about it. Be like, oh, it's a landslide. Dude, I loved 1990s it i grew up on that it scared the shit out of me this is not a landslide in either direction i am gonna go with the new movies but i will say if i had to pick a pennywise i would pick tim curry so i will give you that one here we go all right brandon 
All right. So um, disclaimer, I made a small video regarding this last week. So I gave myself a bit of insurance with my answer. Hey, Brandon, I got to give you credit. That's that's what Nick. Just <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, Nick, you're muted. So we didn't hear that. The reason we're doing this episode is because of that video. When I saw that video, I knew I've got to do I've got to talk about this. So I just want to give you credit before you before I forgot about it. Go ahead. I appreciate it. So yeah, so the the insurance I gave my uh, small amount of viewers last time is I fluctuate between it nineteen ninety and it twenty seventeen and twenty nineteen. So it really depends on the week and my my mood. And uh, just for starters, I can I consider the miniseries one film. I consider it chapter one and two one film. So as far as Pennywise is concerned, um, Tim Curry's wins for me i realized that that uh skarsgård's pennywise is more animalistic he feels like an alien in flesh wearing someone's skin but tim curry's performance as pennywise has been so frightening to me all these years and stranger in danger was real in the 90s so he really felt and still feels like somebody who could take you away from your home and do terrible things to you somewhere so in that regard tim curry is scarier to me um Tim Curry wins, as far as I'm concerned, the Pennywise debacle, even though, you know, Skarsgård is definitely the alien version. I haven't read the books. I'm not as attached to the source material, material as some people. Um, excuse my rambling again. I'm rambling. Uh, no, movie, let it out, man. Let it out. Say whatever you have to say. Movie, the movies themselves. Uh, I guess, Think flush. about this. Think about this. Think of what I told you. I know. Brandon. Listen, listen. Uh, chapter one and two are fucking epics. Like I said, that's one film to me. It's an epic. But the 1990 film, like I've said this before a hundred times in this chat, it feels like an after-school special. Part of that is nostalgia. Part of that is the way it was made. It really seems like this guerrilla exercise in filmmaking. Part one, or the 1990 films, feel more viscerally frightening than the Skarsgård films. Skarsgård is a great it. But I was never afraid of Skarsgård's it the way I'm afraid of Pennywise's it. Even though Skarsgård, you think age plays a factor in that though. If you were eight years old when you saw Skarsgård's Pennywise, do you think you know. would have felt? No, I don't know. I, it's kind of like the it's kind of like the the Jason Voorhees thing, where certain versions of that character frighten me to death. Like, um, but certain versions of that character make he just seems really cool. Like I would go hang out with that guy. He seems awesome to me. Tim Curry's is the guy I need to stay the fuck away from. Skarsgård's it is like, oh, I'm gonna go bowling with that dude. That seems awesome, if that makes any fucking sense. So in that regard, I'm gonna have to go right now. This is gonna change next week. The 1990 film still is my favorite over the 2017 and 2019 film. Let's go, baby! But that's probably gonna change again. So that's why I gave myself the insurance. You it's, don't it's get great. it. It's gonna keep it. the world ends tomorrow. Your this answer is your then it, answer. Then the after school spe school special wins. It's just something about it, man. It's the same reason I say <laughs> there's something magical about VHS stores. There's something magical about mask shops. That's the feeling I get when I watch it. The 1990. That's the best I can explain it. As oh, far as the score oh goes, God. the score in 1990 also. I know I'm rambling. I'm taking way too long with the shit. The score. In the 1990 film was so simplistic and creepy and good and the horns they use in that film the score sounds a lot like in my opinion the original alien film score with that like low trumpet i think it's a trumpet 
But um, the score in, in chapter one and two are really good too. But um, let's not forget that in chapter two, he replicates the score from the, 19, the 1990 series as well. So he throws those homages in there. But as far as overall, the score in the 1990 film wins as well. So yeah. part of my rambling that took way too fucking long, but right now the 1990 series wins on every single level. You understand the side podcast. You understand drama. And this is what I love about this podcast. Mm-hmm. You drag things out in a suspenseful manner. But finish. I'm, finish. I'm always fighting the losing battle. I'm not surprised. Hold on, Nick. I've, got, I've, got, I've got something to say about you when, when Brandon's done. My ending take on it is, like I said, I, I fluctuate back and forth. So next week, it'll be a chapter one and two is my favorite. And Skarsgård is my favorite. We'll, we'll see. They're, they're both so good. The miniseries and Ip chapter one and two. They're, all, they're such good fucking films that I'm so glad that as a whole, especially now that it's been a couple of years since chapter two, the it audience seems to equally embrace one and two. Like people love both. Most people don't hate one or the other. And there's not really a war going on saying, well, fuck you. If you like Tim Curry or screw you, if you like Bill Skarsgård, it's like they both kick fucking ass. It's beautiful. So in that regard, I'm really grateful for that because they both deserve the respect because they're both really quality films. Here's the thing I want to just say to Nick, and it's not like you were being dismissive about this, but, do me a favor. The score is on YouTube. When you hear that, to me, it's not close. I, I think the, the it music from the remake stuff is great, but the all, all of it, the da na 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 na, the music is so. That is a million dollar, multi million dollar budget music, and that TV movie, it's ridiculously good. To me, that's a landslide. I'm sure that, and I can't comment on the remakes music as well, but I'll tell you this, that here's the thing you said, here's the thing you said, Nick, then I'm going to put you over, but let me just say this. You mentioned was, is it, is it seeing the movie as an eight year old that makes Pennywise scary? And if you saw Bill, would it have been scary? If I saw Bill Scargo when I was a kid, scared the shit out of me. Here's the difference. I saw the fly when I was a kid and Seth Brundle fucked me. I saw Michael Myers when I was a kid. He fucked me. I saw Freddy as a kid. He fucked me. Only Pennywise is the one. And it takes a lot for me to admit this. Only Tim Curry is the one that still fucks me as an adult. I'm terrified of him. I don't trust him. Even though I know what he's about to say on the movie. I know every line. I know what he's about to do. I'm still, I still, I still don't trust him. That's the difference. You know, I, now, I just want to hold say. Hold on, Nick. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, Nick. Hold on. But... I'm going to put you over because everything you say, this is all this is all perception like we talk about. There's no right or wrong. Everything you've said, though, I really can't disagree with you. Those remakes are fucking amazing in terms of what we got in the in the last 10 years. Those movies are at the top at the top of my list from some of the best shit we've gotten in a long time. It should have been on my remake best i feel like a jackass that i didn't i just wasn't you can only think about this shit for so much before you burn yourself out you forget stuff these movies are amazing so you're gonna have a lot of people a shit ton of people agree with you but i am glad that brandon chose the the dark side yeah i mean look there we've said it many times there is no right or wrong answer in this scenario because all three of us have said that we have a great fondness and adoration for both iterations of this. I mean, it, it, they're just both really well done. I just, you know, it's, 
I don't want to get labeled either because I know there will be people that will watch this or listen to this and go, oh, you know, you're just a prisoner of the moment. You're you're more into the uh, modern adaptations of of horror. And guys, I have more films from the 1980s and 90s than I have of the 2010s era. So, like, no, I'm not a prisoner of the moment. I do want to say that. If my brother's cat will shut up, shut up. Well, to, no to that point, Nick, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but speaking of prisoners of the moment, both it chapter one and two are in and of themselves not prisoners of the moment either. Unlike most remakes, which try to play into that new, like the new fads and the new like modernity, those movies felt like films, timeless. They didn't feel like oh, this is 2017 lingo and stuff. Like they felt like real films. They didn't feel like like that's. Halloween 2018 feels fucking dated already because yep. of how of the time it was. It chapter one and two feel like fucking films. That's He's why. Right. He's right. Yeah. And and so wherever whatever 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 side of the fence you fall on, you're not wrong. I mean, I, I can't tell you you're wrong because I have a fondness for for both of these so much, but. I guess for me, it just did feel more cinematic with these new movies. It felt more large scale. It felt more realized the world of it and, and the deadlights and, and what it is capable of. I feel like we learned a lot more and saw a lot more of that. And I just, as someone who had just read the book leading up to the release of the first one in 2017, I just was very, very happy to see it adapted so closely. Right. Um, so I mean, yeah, there's there's there are not many remake slash reboots I would take over the originals. I can probably count them on one hand. Um, so no, I'm not of that new age that just thinks, oh, all the remakes are better. No, fuck no, that <laughs> that couldn't be further from the truth. But for me, I just do feel like by a, the hair on whatever participle you have. Uh, it's, I just, I feel, I feel like it's like, it's like this, man. It's like so small, but so yeah, I, I, you know, Christian, Christian's pacing around (laughs) his room and he's like, I was trying to build up. I want Brandon because he knew he tried to. He tried to butter me up all week with this bullshit of you. We, we might agree. Oh, fuck no. I knew we weren't going to agree. You were just leading me on, but you couldn't convince me. Like I knew. So I was like, okay, I didn't know you were going to be on the episode. So I thought it was just going to be me and Christian. But then when I when, obviously we come in here, I see you. I'm like, all right, maybe. maybe Christian knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. But this motherfucker knew what he was doing. Actually, so, I, I didn't know what Brandon was going to choose. And like I, know, I said, just... I knew two reasons I did this episode. I know that Nick is a massive It fan. And when I saw you do that video, which It do you prefer? It, it was literally icing on the cake. I said, you know what? Because I, I love it when we do something that Nick is gung-ho about. It's, it's more fun for the audience. It's more fun for me. Shit, we got to do stuff I'm gung-ho about. We do. But I love when we do something that Nick is gung-ho about. It makes me happy, right? So when I saw you do that video, it was icing on the cake. I said, okay. I love the debate. I love when me and Nick don't agree. We agree, but in the fine deep, in the fine print, that's where me and Nick differ sometimes. It's always in the fine print. Well, Christian and I have, we've fallen on the same side of the fence a lot with, with especially with new movies lately, like right. Halloween 2018, Halloween Kills, Scream, Texas Chainsaw, like mm-hmm. 
our ideals that you our takeaways from those have been very similar there haven't there hasn't been a lot of dissension i did like a 25 minute video a couple weeks ago of like a retrospective of 2017's it and it chapter two like a real in-depth look back right and and it was really fun to look back and i had just rewatched them and uh so i knew like i knew that, that, that it was percolating this was, was going coming. to happen soon and that's I was where it like, started that's where it started know, you know but here's but, a- hey Go ahead, Rick. Go ahead. It, 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 I'm no, 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 no. I'm, it, I'm, I'm, I'm just rambling at this point too. I, I respect that you guys stuck to your guns, um, because I stuck to mine too. So, I think at the end of the day, no matter what side you fall on, just stick to your guns. Like, yeah, you know what's interesting about the it debate between the two films is it's just it's such a healthy debate. Like it's not like discussing Robert England. Versus the guy who played him in the remake. I forget his name off the top of my Jesus head. Jesus Christ, Jackie O'Haley. I know that, that, is like- that, that turns into a shit show immediately. If I introduce that topic anywhere, like on any kind of a Facebook group, it just turns into a shit show. But people can talk all day long about both it films, and it's always like, yeah, this this debate kicks ass. And I feel like it's only going to get better too as the years go on because we're going to have a totally different perspective on both it films ten years from now. Yeah, and I just yeah. want to say really quick, I want to ask you guys if we do get a prequel. And they knock it out of the park again, and Skarsgård knocks it out of the park. It might make it even harder to be like, "Fuck!" Like this is canon now with it and it chapter two. Does that put this over the top? This could get a lot more interesting than it already is. But you know, at the end of the day, you put it. You, I, I don't really know a better way to put a bow on this discussion of saying like, this is a healthy, powerful, fruitful debate. That mm-hmm. fun, which is why yeah. I like, which is why it was so fun to have a winner because they're, they're, you know, it's a stupid expression, but truly there is no real winner. But that's it what was makes rigged. it fun because it was playful. Now, if it was, if we did Rob Zombie's Halloween versus versus John's, and we had like five or ten people <laughs> in like a stream and did this, somebody's getting called an asshole. That would be a shit show. Somebody's getting called an asshole, and somebody was like, "You can keep your skull, fuck. You can keep it, man." So. You know, which I like watching. Please, can that. we never do that discussion? Because that would be a fucking landslide. Well, there's, and I there's just no, lie. there's no debate. Rob Zombie's now, Halloween is way better than the original Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> but I just said that to piss people off. I just Rob said Zombie's that. Halloween two versus Halloween two, nineteen eighty one. I think Christian and I would. I don't know, Christian. You might I, still land on the I, Rob it's, Zombie it's, side. It's close. It's you know, it's it really is close. It really is. Close. I take I Rob Zombie's two and a fucking landslide i think i'd go original i think i'd go original but like i don't want to have to choose i don't want to have to choose but i'd probably go the 82 anyway but yes that would be a that's an example of a toxic debate this was not a toxic 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 (laughs) Yes. <laughs> all right well look this was really fun and i i hope everybody enjoyed this long ass episode it's probably around an hour and 40 but us recording it we're hitting the two hour mark because i had to look for my cell phone that was right you were only gone for two minutes so this is still going to be like it yeah you're only okay. gone for two minutes all right well look nick of, am i telling nick thank you nick's part of the show <laughs> nick this was fun i hope you had a good time I I did. You know, I, I came into this expecting to be the loser, I guess. Like, I did. I really did. I was prepared for it. So I'm not hurt. I, I guess I'm just disappointed, Brandon. I can tell. <laughs> I, I should I should have said, hey, man, you know what? Because you know how it goes. With a debate video, you have to have an odd number of people. You have to. 
It's not yeah. a debate. Yeah. It's not a debate. It's two people. Because then it's just me and Christian going back and forth. No, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. It's like, okay, well, <laughs> we, no one, we don't have a clear winner. I mean, again, I still, there is not a clear winner. I want a recount. Um, <laughs> but regardless, you know, no. this is where I land. Brandon, right hand. I want you to hold up your right hand of God right now. Hold up your right hand for me. Did I tell you what we were doing, what this episode was about, or anything? You did not. You told me just to be ready for whatever it was. I would never accuse you of that. No. No, of course. I'm not talking to you, Nick. I'm talking to the motherfuckers watching this that probably say Christian's a shyster, especially (laughs) if they're the it 27. I did not tell Brandon about this. I said, Brandon, what are you doing this week? I need you Thursday night. And he said, let's let's do it. That's is that's it. Right hand of God. I swear I did not rig this whatsoever. Okay. Okay. You guys heard it there first. And also, I just want to quickly plug, go ahead and check out Brandon's channel, Tabato Vision. Obviously, you guys saw he did an interview with Christian on his channel, and uh, Christian has been pretty enamored with finding his channel. Christian actually showed me his channel with the Halloween 5. It's an art film video that I really loved, and I was actually bummed, Brandon. I got to say, I told Christian, I said, God, I wish this video was longer. I really wanted him to flesh this out. Like, I'm going to flesh it out. He's working on it. He's working on it. Okay, cool, cool. But yeah, go ahead and check out Tabato Vision. Brandon, Thank you for being on here. Thank you for not being a dick and having a like fruitful, <laughs> healthy conversation with us. Like it was, it was really nice. I, I would absolutely let you. Hey, Christian, whenever he wants to come back on, be my guest. I vet my guests. Well, hey, thanks for having me, guys. This was a lot of fun. I, I really appreciate this. I was stoked about this. This was really cool. Yeah. So. Awesome. All right, Christian, All right, you want to you want to well, send us out? You send us out, Nick. You send us out. You deserve it. <laughs> As the loser. Thank you guys so much for watching or listening on whatever platform you are listening to the show. We appreciate the support. We hope that in the comments and in the live chat, this debate stayed healthy and non-toxic. But if it didn't, you know, have a ball, man. Have a freaking ball. We had fun. We're very excited for next week's episode. I'm actually going to work something out with Christian to include some questions that you may be able to ask our next guest via Patreon. So make sure to follow up with us in a few days. We'll make an announcement on that. Thanks again, guys. We appreciate you. And uh, I guess the best way to end this is um, kiss me, fat boy. This has been a production of the You Need a Horror podcast. You need it. We got it. Thank you for listening.